0: everyone, welcome to Pigskin Pandemic, featuring Kevin, Matt, and Ben. Just three of your everyday guys just giving their opinions on all the latest and upcoming NFL news. Things may get a little steamy or a little wild, but hey, it'll always be unscripted and real. Let's listen in and see what they have to say this week.
1: Matt, I want to bring you in on this segment. This is our famous Lake of Fire segment. It is famous. Uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback on this on this segment where we take two players, two coaches, two GMs, and we put them in the hot seat. W- how close are they to getting dumped into the lake of fire? We already had one that has been dumped into the lake of fire <laughs> uh, this past week. Bill O'Brien is the first coach and GM to come off the board. He counts for I two. Say, he really counts uh, for two. He's, a, he's he a the GM and the coach <laughs> that has been. Put into the lake of fire, Matt. Give me two players. Uh, two players. Uh, um,
0: okay, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's. A, I think it's a fair, consistent, um, consistent. I mean, here, here's, consistent. A, here's a guy who's getting paid like one of the it's top fair. quarterbacks in the league, and he's steadily been regressed uh, and i'll be completely honest i mean i do like carson wentz i mean, if you, you, I, I would rather have carson wentz in all honesty than than i would daniel jones right now truly um but um i r- right i trash think that's is really what right it now. Is. Like and, uh, actually this is funny i'm gonna say nick Foles.
2: Ooh. I was just thinking the same thing. I was just thinking, like, how long is Foles really gonna? Like, Foles? he really came out and said, "I just yeah, Nick, get Nick the Foles. bed." Like, I, I you know, I, I want to give the Foles? job right back a to a Really
0: weird spot. Foles has really only ever thrived in the Philadelphia offense, and then the only other time that you've seen him really win games is when he's come off the bench into a game. Um, he's not the guy you want starting. He's just not the guy you want starting off your 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 football game and i think the bears are in a really rough spot now because i think they're married to the decision i don't know that you can go back and tell uh, excuse me i don't know that you can go back and tell mitch trubisky uh okay it's yours now how do you how do you maintain a franchise how do you maintain a locker room um by going you know back and forth like that it just it just doesn't work um i
1: think back and forth uh,
0: both holes and wentz are both uh ring-of-fire candidates just because you have Trubisky right there on the precipice. Obviously, he started the season, and now Foles has shown that he's not the lead dog. So you have uh, Trubisky basically waiting in the wings. and you have Jalen Hurts waiting to go out there and show. Not even just waiting. Jalen Hurts has been getting put into the game. They're literally pulling Carson Wentz out to have Jalen Jalen Hurts run plays. So, I mean (laughs) –
2: Name name name, I mean, another, well, team, name another team. Run plays is a right very that's loose definition, their $100 million there. Quarterback to put man, their, that guy their is the drafted guy in. <laughs> oh no! Without question, I'm just saying what's amazing is they're putting Jalen Hurts out there to try and you know showcase and I think trying to get a fire under Carson Wentz to say make sure you I keep wish your I job. And that instead, that
0: was it. They're I, I, getting I him out there and don't he's don't fumbling think that the that's snap. What and it is. he's. I think right now they're basically testing the water. They know that they're in a bad spot. No, they're they're. Don't get me wrong, winning. Winning this uh, winning this division, I'm sure, would be a feather in anyone's cap because winning a division is winning a division. But I, I don't know that anyone's going anywhere with anything, uh, <laughs> you know. regardless of who wins. I think it's an important time right now for the Eagles to use this to assess the talent they have. And let's be honest, they don't exactly have very many offensive weapons on that field either. So if you bring Jalen Hurts in every couple of plays and all of a sudden uh, Jalen Hurts starts showing – uh, traction um, I think it I think it will dictate what the Eagles do next season or in between the season remember I don't I think I said it uh, early on I don't believe that they're married to Wentz at all I think the signing of Hertz is simply the writing on the wall They're. they know what's going on I mean you would hope they do
1: Ben
2: you two you're two players uh, I, I agree with what's been said so far but just in the interest of, of coming up with other ones I'll say one of them being, uh, Haskins. Um, I think that, uh, I think that that Riverboat is, uh, put the writing on the wall, um, and, and has made his feelings known. I, I don't agree with you, Kevin, that it's, it's going to be by way of Alex Smith. Um, cause I still don't think that guy's ever taking another NFL snap. Unfortunately, wonderful story that he is. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think it's because he brought in Kyle Allen for a reason. He, he saw what that guy can do. He believes that he's at least a good enough game manager to play with a solid defense and, you know, trying to get a new running game going. The, the running back um, – I, I forgot his name now. I'm sorry. Uh, but the running back that uh, was the starter for them last week actually showed really well. Um, uh, you know, he, he you know, looks like he might actually be something for real that they can build around. Um, so I, I think Haskins is on a pretty short leash. I think he throws, you know, one or two picks, and uh, okay. I think they, they get the hook pretty fast. Um, you know, so that's that's my my number one guy. Um, and then uh, not not in the player segment, but kind of going circling back to the Foles thing, I think that the way that they're handling the Foles thing and and Mitch and how that all plays out is very much going to play into the fact of whether or not. Nagy is going to be,
1: you know, on that lake of
2: fire oh, because I think you're, I think you're going to look at, I think you're going to look at, you know, the way that they chose to do it in the off season, the way they chose to do it, you know, by what was it week yeah. three to make the the switch, you know, I think all of that is just, it looks terrible for decision making process as a, as a leader. Um, so <laughs> I I don't know how Nagy, yeah, I don't know how Nagy survives that. Uh, That might be the the best news uh, for the Chiefs when the enemy becomes a a new head coach next year um, that they'll get Nagy right back there um, or maybe even for the Eagles, you know, same thing. But uh,
1: I I don't think he he makes it to the season. My two is my two are not quarterbacks. And the two that I have is going to shock you both. But, hey, look, I'm here to report the news. I'm not here to, you know, be the be the, the I'm not stroking anybody. So at the end of the day, my two lake of my two my two players, the first one is Jalen Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. He is playing like poop. And I think that part of that reason is because he okay, a lot of people don't know the extent of injury that he suffered while he was at Notre Dame. So he ripped apart his ACL, but he tore every single ligament on the right side or the left side of his knee. He tore every single ligament. What that did was, when they repaired it, it's, it's like an injury that you can't you can't, really can't get that 100% repaired so what that did was it gave him what they call uh drop foot and if you don't know what drop foot is it is where you cannot lift the front part of your foot off the ground you have to force yourself to to lift your the front part of your foot off the ground so it basically looks like you are picking your foot up out of cement and dropping it right to the ground. Bam! Because you're not picking your foot up as normal. So they put a brace on so that you can work through the drop foot. And it is you can work through it. So they thought that he could work through it. And last year he put up god awful numbers and tackles and assists and things like that. But now what and and I believe at one point he was playing middle linebacker. And he was having trouble reading the offense and calling out the plays as the middle linebacker. When Van Der Esch was out and he was middle linebacker, they suffered. So they moved him over to the will uh, backer position, which is outside linebacker. And he kind of flourished because, you know, he still had that decent sideline to sideline speed. Well, they're now depleted in linebacker positions. And he's back at middle and he is terrible. And unfortunately, he he was told that that drop foot is coming back and he shouldn't be playing football anymore because his weaknesses have been exploited to the point where, yes, he leads the team in tackles. He does. But unfortunately, he is being he he is being shown on film, out of place, can't. He can't process the defense like he should. And he looks really bad. He's my lake of fire, number one. Number two. They don't. They I just don't nothing. know who they have behind, they him. Have behind the them. All, you know, like, they have nothing yeah. behind know, They have nothing behind him, but who are book. they gonna play? He's he's playing horrible right now. And all the Dallas fans out there, you know, I'm f i am I live in Dallas, so if you are listening to it, oh well, but he looks like trash. Number two. God, I hate to do this, but it's time. It is time to put this man on the lake of fire, and it is going to be one (laughs) Julian Edelman. He belongs in the lake of fire because last night showed me that... Okay, so... He cannot take a hit. And yes, he's been banged up and things like that, but last night and the week prior to that showed me that he he can't take hits anymore. He's done. That interception where uh, Matthew took the pick six back to the house, you could see Julian Edelman look to see who was around and get braced for the hit. There was a couple pass plays where he's he's – He's running the route in traffic. They're throwing the pretty ball, and he cringes up to really to take the hit, and he wasn't ready to take the hit. His game yesterday, outside of week number two, he has played god-awful offense for the New England Patriots. And he's old, he's banged up, and it's time. It's just time. And I'm a Patriots fan, and I love Edelman. And my first thought was, how is he going to mesh with Cam Newton? Well, week two, when they were really throwing him and chucking in the ball, you could see every time he was, every time he got the, he laid out and he, he fell to the ground, he was getting up. He was slower and slower and slower. And he came into the, he came into the season saying that he was 100%. Well, that lets me know two things. One, he's done. And two, that PED charge that he had a few years ago really says to me that he didn't he, – he knew that he was losing it, and he knew that he was taking PEDs. He knew it. He, you can't sit up – he can't sit up there and tell me that he didn't know it. He can't. Because coming off of the PEDs, he now looks mediocre. He looks like a regular mediocre player that shouldn't have, that, been, that was playing – way too long past his his shelf life and he gets my leg of fire I'm sorry ah.
2: I see that I, I think he's a player that you saw propped up for a number of years with a very accurate quarterback in Tom Brady and you know it hurts my soul to, to pay him uh, any respect or, or recognition um, but you know the the man is a good quarterback and and, and certainly where his skill set is is that he you know, was accurate and, and could put the ball in, you know, the tiniest of spaces. And and I think that's Edelman's game. So they complemented each other in that way. I think what you're seeing now, at least to my eyeball test, I totally agree with your assessment as far as how he's reacting to going after the ball. I think it's because he's not used to having to go up and get a ball, he's not used to having to, you know, stretch out and, and make a play, you know, to, to bail out a quarterback. He's used to that ball being right in the sweet spot that he wants it to be so that he can protect himself, make the, the needed third down conversion, which is down and, to the ground, know, maybe make a nice which play is down to the ground in so a run after the catch situation. When
1: he, when he picks the – because he's so short, when you throw the ball down towards the ground like Brady loves to do, he's putting you out of harm's way so that the only thing that the defender can do is tag you exactly. or maybe lay a hit on you in your padding so that you really – Absorb that hit. Well, he's getting hit all over the place now, and it is it is telling. And he's having bad games, and he's trash. We're gonna move to mm-hmm. the two GMs, Matt two oh. GMs. And I know I already know one, right? We Dave Gettleman is obvious. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pass by Gettleman because right, right. we already know you hate yeah, Gettleman. So. Right? Um... <laughs>
0: Uh, two GMs that I think are uh, also in the hot seat. Um, you got, we already got
1: get them in on. Okay. got so, uh, um, one more.
0: I mean, all right. And I, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack from this from the Eagles fans or whatever, but I'm going to say Howie Roseman and, uh, and it's not, again, yes. this is not like a, a concerted attack on the Eagles. It just really is. I'm, I'm, it's almost like looking at a, in a, at a parallel universe Here's a team that is coming off of a you know not just a couple seasons removed from a Super Bowl win, and their dynamic offensive line is falling apart, retiring, getting injured all around them, and they've done nothing to refresh it. That was Jerry Reese in 2013, 2014, uh, 2015, or whatever. Well, really, I guess 2014 was really his uh, last season, right? So, um, but that was Jerry Reese and the Giants. They they. They lost guys like Dave Deal and Chris Snee and all these guys, and they steadily became a shell of what they were. They could no longer create a pocket for Eli. Eli, who already kind of threw, let's say inconsistently, um, began to really start to struggle. And, you know, when you add that into uh, poor timing mechanisms instituted by McAdoo with the new with the offense and everything, you just had a team that was steadily right, you remember oh, him with his vice principal Jesus haircut? Christ. Um he
2: he, uh, <laughs> he's steady, you know,
0: like that team just steadily start to slide into the gutter and not that, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm quietly or maybe even vocally rejoicing that it's happening to the Eagles because again, I, I, you'll probably hear me say this about Eagles and, um, their fans all the time, but if not them, what better fans for that happen to. So,
2: <laughs> so
0: in, in, yeah. in reality, I mean, this is, this is how he's, oh. this, this is how he's plight at this point. Howie's another one of those guys who he's got his select places that he loves to pull players from, a la Dave Gettleman. He's also hooked on certain names and and things like that. You know, if if you've got enough of an attachment to the Eagles for whatever reason, Howie feels some sort of kinship, he'll bring you back and overpay you. Um, and then you got guys like the like you know on the offensive line, constantly getting hurt now. Those 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 dudes that are like I guess the equivalent of Chris Snee or Dave Deal. You know you got. Jason Peters, who got a $3 million a year raise to lay on the, tra- the, the, uh, the doctor's bench, whatever you want to call that, the trainer's bench. Yep. You, you got Deshaun yep. Jackson, yep. who is just, <laughs> unfortunately, at his elevated age. Maybe it's the fact that there's no offensive line giving Wentz enough time to throw the ball downfield to a play that may be developing. But he's not opening or stretching the field in any way, shape, or form. And Lane Johnson just ain't the same without the juice. So you got to – You've got a, you know, you've got a couple of really key players there, and, and obviously, I mean, if the Giants are any indication, those aren't the easiest spots to fill.
2: No, without question. My my only question about uh, Howie is: Do you actually think the Eagles' ownership would make that move? Like, if this season continues to go just terribly down the shitter, just just horribly, as it seems to be going, even in spite of the division being as bad as it is. Do you do you uh, actually well, think really they they make the move after one season? After Howie, one season? For... No, without question. My my only question about uh, Howie is: Do you uh, actually think the Eagles' ownership would make that move? Like if this season continues to go just terribly down the shitter, just just horribly as it seems to be going, even in spite of the division being as bad as it is? Do you do you uh, actually well, think really they they make, make the move Howie, after one Howie's season
0: for a minute? But. There's a whole bunch of things yes, that you sir. can point to. And again, like, yes, sir. at the end of the day, they're buddies. They've been buddies for a long time. And you saw how long it took him to fire Joe Banner, also his buddy. And he didn't just fire Joe Banner. He made sure right. he got him a sweetheart deal in the front office over at Cleveland for exactly. a years. Where he continued to screw things up for that organization. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I, I, do, I think that's going to happen. Fair no, true. Do I think that, like... Um, Weirdly enough that fan sentiment drives a he, lot of what happens in Philadelphia. I do. And I think that um, I think that it's it's real easy, yeah.
1: He's still he's still he's still in the Lake of Fire though. He still gets our Lake of Fire because he's trash right now. And and it's been a decline Sure. It really has been,
0: been a steady Bowl. decline since right. they won the Super Bowl. And I don't think they've had the same like eye for D- and and you look at you look at that Super Bowl team, and again, this is gonna sound really uncharacteristic for me because to give the Eagles a lot of credit, but you look at a team that went and they got Jay Ajayi. They they found value in in places that other people maybe weren't seeing it or weren't po- properly utilizing it, and they made some very clever moves that you know a lot of people kind of scoffed at in the beginning of the season. I didn't think Jaijai was going to be the guy he was. You know,
1: do you know why they did that? I don't do you know why they did that. They did that because because they were hungry. As soon as you win that bowl, you'll know exactly how hungry that team is by the way that they either go to the Super Bowl or and lose or they go to the Super Bowl and they win. Once you get that one, your hunger, a lot of NFL teams, their hunger goes away because they have it's like they finally let the air out of the balloon. They keep trying and trying it's and crazy trying to and me trying to, to and think they're a top 10 team and as soon as they win, it's just it's just a sigh of relief and now we can go back to normal. And that normalcy is we can just as long as we are competitive, we're okay. But when you get that one season where you almost get there, you start, your hunger comes back and they were hungry and they've never been on the, on the end where people are hunting them. They never know what that felt like because they never won one. So when they get back to complacency or they come back off of their high, it's like, okay, I'm good now because look at the moves that they made. We don't need the running back now. Remember, when they won the Super Bowl, they needed the running game. They needed this. They needed that. They needed all these things to win the Super Bowl. Now look at them. They don't have the running back like that anymore. They're not really hungry and running the ball. They're trying to go deep every play. Uh, 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 the coach is second guessing themselves on fourth down. He's not a gambler like he used to be. The offensive line—they haven't. They—they're not. They don't really have anybody behind this good offensive line that they can say okay well you know what you're not doing any good so we're going to bring this guy in they don't have that anymore their draft picks have been missing they've been whiffing because they now are complacent and i don't care what the eagles fans say these guys have gotten complacent so he deserves to be he deserves to be on the lake of fire because He's just. He should take his league for. He should take his from the Eagles fans. I
0: mean, they're always in some sort of like aggressive frenzy. I mean that that team could be two and fourteen or sixteen and zero. Either way, if you're an opposing team's fan, you're getting stabbed in the parking lot.
1: Right. So uh, that's that's uh, he has now he has been aggressive, getting players. He's been aggressive, because he's always doing something during trading season, and he does things in free agency, but. Those pieces that he has been getting just hasn't been working because they really have – they've won their Super Bowl and the the air just cool. came out of the balloon. It, that's, yeah, just how, that's just that how it like goes that way. I mean, that's just how it goes. They kind of
0: waited into the season with and they, you know
1: – Oh, yeah. we're going – this is our core. And this is why I say they're complacent. This is our core. This is who we're going to ride with for the next five years because we just won the Super Bowl. So I'm giving everybody who start a contract. Well, when you start to suck and Lane Johnson come off those PEDs and Jason Peters becomes hurt and old and Carson Wentz starts going into the toilet and you look at your team and you go, shoot, I have nothing left. And everybody that was riding with us in 2015 is now trash. You can't go back and say, "Well, let's redo your let's restructure your contract." No, because you got all this guaranteed money you got to pay him. So now he hits that lake of fire cuz he's never looked ahead. He's always been the right now guy. There hasn't been you look at the decisions. Agreed. It's always been right now. For this year only. Let's think about this year. No, you have to think about 4 years from now when you have no cap space. And your guys that are four years younger become four years older, and they are now old and they need to retire. But you can't retire them because you need them. This is why he gets the lake of fire. So <laughs> he's got to burn. He's got to burn. So, Ben, your lake of fire for the GM. Because I know Matt, Matt's going to trifecta. He's going he's to do the trifecta. He's going to do <laughs> the trifecta. I'm, I see it coming. He's going to do the eagle <laughs> I know he is.
2: Um, I mean, you know, going back to what we talked about with Nagy, I don't know how the Bears GM is, is immune um, from, you know, being looked at on the Lake of Fire when, you know, one, making the decision to go get Mitch in the first place, two, making the decision to, you know, to, to stick with Nagy another year after he didn't do anything to produce with Trubisky and that defense is just getting every year worse and worse and worse every year the Cleo Mack trade looks
1: yeah. better
2: for the Raiders yeah. amazingly, even yeah. though, you know, they were kind of a laughingstock. Um, you, you know, I mean, it, it, it's just another one of the, like, as you just see all of these things adding up and, and, you know, going year by year by year, I just don't know how that guy keeps getting a pass at saying, you know, look at, you know, what I've produced. They really have that one good year. They kind of, you know, caught that division in a downturn. And, you know, they just kind of were, were the best team in that bunch and, and were that kind of, you know, fun, underrated team for one year. And, and they've kind of been coasting off of that now. Uh, so uh, Lake of Fire for coaches. Um, I'm going to stick GM. with –
0: I'm sorry,
2: I need a second GM. I thought – That's I thought right, I got... you had
0: Nagy, right? A... Had yeah,
2: Nagy I, thought, and I, thought, I thought I got a pass in, in Bill O'Brien being a uh, a twofer that, that uh, he already is in my Lake of Fire.
1: Oh shoot! So you got Bill O'Brien, who was in your lake, and now he's and now he's burned, burnt like a venereal disease. And then you have Mm. your coach. You're spinning around to your coach. So we got. I think I already know that, that, that at least two coaches that are going to be on the Lakers. Yeah, Fire. my coaches will be my coaches so, will be fast because you can just listen to any of the so, previous. Episodes. Yeah, we already know. <laughs> Old Dan Quinn, man. So, I mean, you got you have
0: to you have to mention Dan Quinn at least honorable mention. No, that's
2: that's totally what I was going to say. So I'm I'm going to say Gase, and we'll just leave it at that, and 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 you know anybody can can tune into the previous episodes to figure out why. Uh right. And and the other one that's going to be new is going to be Dan Quinn. Uh, I honestly was a and He's not even new. I mean, new for yeah. me. Um, so I, I actually um, was surprised he made it through today. I honestly was when when I watched that game last night. Uh, watched the way the, the team just on the eyeball test just doesn't seem to to give an a flying shit. Like just could not care less. Uh, you know, I, I know they're trying. They're professionals and all of that. So I'm not saying they're like trying to lose but they just don't look like they have any belief that they're going to win. They don't look like they have any fire for what they're doing. And, and I've, as a Dolphins fan, I've lived this. I've seen that look on my team's face for too long in years past under, you know, bad coaching and regimes. And I I just see the same thing out of what's happening for the Falcons. And I'm honestly surprised that he made it through today, given the way that all of it has gone I figured once Bill O'Brien, you know, kind of, you know, broke the levy that that was going to allow them to say, well, if they're going to fire him, we should, we should go ahead and and see what else we got. And again, as we talked about on, I think the first show, it makes sense for Dan Quinn also, because they have some good coaches behind him that you might want to consider. Yeah. You know what? Maybe Raheem Morris got a little bit of a bad deal in Tampa. Maybe we should give him a, a realistic shot and see what we got. Heck no. You know? No, way. You know, no I mean, way. Dirk, Dirk Cutter, you know, no. there's they've got guys no. on the roster that you, at least, or on, on the coaching staff roster, that you at least say there's something there enough to, like, as opposed to Houston, where we no. talked about a little bit in our chat, what are you finding out by putting in Romeo Cornell? You're putting in the guy that Bill O'Brien hired and has been his right-hand man the whole time and has signed off on every one of these godforsaken decisions that they've made what are you getting out of firing Bill O'Brien? I'm not saying the guy deserved to keep his job, but I'm saying what's the virtue in it if you're going to put Romeo Cornell at the helm at because, least put somebody in? But to, you can't. Who? 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 I mean, honestly, I don't know Houston staff well enough to, to be able to say that, but... No one on that staff no one on is that staff
1: any staff good. good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's
1: like, all right, so do you want to take liver? You know, but you know what, like,
2: again, going back to my my horrible days as a Dolphins fan, you know what, you saw something out of putting Dan Quinn in the game. You know, but put or Dan Campbell, I'm sorry, putting Dan Campbell in um, as, the, as the interim head coach for the Dolphins. Obviously he didn't, you know, pay off for them, but he's become a very good head coach for the Saints. Uh, not head coach, a very good assistant coach for the Saints. And he's going to get a job as a head coach at some point in the near future. I have no doubt in my mind about that. To me, if you're going to make a move as a team away from the guy, there's got to be a reason for it other than just, you know, appeasing the fans to put someone's head on a pike.
1: Because at this point, I guarantee you the reason why they did Romeo Cornell, because at the end of the season, they have to clean the entire house. So all the coaches are going to be gone. So don't give anybody a chance because you're going to be gone anyway. There's no point in giving you a chance to, 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 to do anything. And, and that kind of that messes up. If I really want to be a head coach and I know that my job is on the line, at least give me a shot so I can be a head coach somewhere else.
2: So well, That's what I'm saying.
1: So, you know, like let, but, let that play out. At least. But we're talking Houston. Yeah, but I think that's what what
2: keeping
0: Romeo Cornell does, right? Isn't that what Romeo Cornell does is by keeping him on it allows for some sort of consistency within the team. He was already relatively high up on the coaching tree. It's not that much of a disruption, especially amongst the losing team. So Bill's out. A lot of these guys might have been frustrated with him anyway. Now you get the next guy in, and maybe, you know, it's a nice thing for everybody. It's a little bit refreshing for the players.
1: But what you're asking, Matt, is – What you're saying is this. You're saying, okay, so we know that we have a dumpster fire in Bill O'Brien. So let's keep the same dumpster fire with Romeo, and let's just add just a little bit more gasoline to that fire so we can grow. Because if you're keeping the consistency, it's still going to be We don't know
0: yet. I mean, I understand going historically off of what he's done in Cleveland and – Whatever, I just I don't think that um, it's necessarily fair to say that he's because Bill O'Brien is a failure on epic levels, and I and I and I mean no real disrespect to like the man himself, but just if you look at his career historically, I mean he's not been a very successful coach, and then to boot he this he went into this season with that trade that had everybody scratching their heads. And I think right there, he was already one foot in the grave. That had to work. You can't just get rid of, like, one of the most versatile fucking wide receivers. Excuse me. You can't get rid of one of the most versatile wide receivers in the game and pick up one of the most injury-prone running backs and then not have it yield immediate results because we all know what Watson and and Hopkins could do together. We saw it. Bill O'Brien was gambling that Watson was going to be able to do it with other people and not that he can't It's just he, you, he you a huge step right. well I don't, I don't I, I don't think that Watson can't I just think that it's a it's a tall ask to ask yeah. a, a young kid Watson's still pretty young to, to make do where he had a guy like DeAndre Hopkins who would who could make up. For a lot of those little rookie mistakes, little underthrown ball, whatever, because he's so versatile. Versus a guy like Will Fuller, no, who like you're going to get a mediocre I, here's, route, a, here's the reason why know? I
1: say he can't. He can't because okay. So if this was 2019 season, and they traded uh, Deshaun, if they traded Hopkins, mm-hmm. if they did the same trade, and this is any other year, I would say you know what? It's a pretty decent trade. Why? Because Houston did not have that running game, okay? And Hopkins wanted more money. Okay, so you ship him out and you get some serviceable wide receivers that Deshaun Watson could make better. The problem is, is it's timing. When Bill O'Brien ships away your best receiver in a season where you don't have the reps, that was the epic failure. Any other season where you can have a training camp, you can go out and you can get those reps in off season. You can go in and you can make get the rapport in. It it doesn't look like this. You look a yeah, little bit I, better. I, there's this timing of the timing of the trade, you don't want it to be where you get no off season, you get no training camp, and you take away my safety net, my safety blanket. No one else in the league has done that. That was the that was. It the- looks
0: especially bad. I feel like, as well, when you consider that, like DeAndre Hopkins is notoriously was notoriously underpaid, right? And even to the point where he doesn't have like one of those agents. Like you remember, like Terrell Owens talking about how he had to feed kids, feed feed all of his kids, as yeah, he in a, in a twenty million dollar home. This is a kid who he just negotiated his most recent contract, like he did. He he negotiated what he thought was fair. This is somebody. This is not your typical wide receiver, and I don't just mean but, that in terms of talent. I mean this this was one of this. He's one of those guys that you're blessed to have because right. he's such a he's yeah. such a genuine talent right. and a genuine person. He's not out to take more from you. And what did Bill O'Brien do? He's like, oh, you want more money? It's cool that you've been the heart and soul here, but because I'm new, I don't really respect it. Because
1: so. too many of these New England Patriots assistant coaches think that they could be uh, Belichick, Belichick well, they're, they're, they're and be say, oh, you need more money? Job. We'll ship you out. Yeah. and We'll just trade you. No, that is not what Bill does. That's not how he rolls. He doesn't roll that way. And people say, oh, well, if you think you're going to ask for more money, you don't get the hometown discount, then he's going to ship you out. No, he doesn't do that. And he definitely would not have traded hopkins for that he wouldn't well, have done that that's the
2: other that's the other thing is the trade looks so bad is that correct me if i'm wrong this was a post-draft draft trade correct yes yeah so i mean, I mean like that's the other thing is like if that's if that's ultimately where you're at as a quote-unquote gm and i i use those quotes because bill o'brien's not a gm obviously but he was um, so if, as the GM making that decision, you're going to say, uh, this is ultimately what I'm going to be willing to do. You've got to make that decision before the draft. So one, you can get the most capital you can, yes. because you want to make me believe that someone wasn't trading a first or an early second for, yes. just you know, for Hopkins. Yes. And then this draft in particular, where, you know, wide receivers were, you know, growing on. Yes. Trees. Because you know, what, what, was, what did Justin
1: Jefferson go in the second rugs was out there. Judy was out there. I mean, not in the first like, round pick guy. Oh, I'm talking the third yeah. round. Is it? No, Is it? Because Jefferson listen, because listen, listen. If if I was Bill O'Brien and I needed to get rid of Hopkins, I could have traded with Denver. I could have traded with LA. I mean, with Las Vegas. Yeah. I could have traded and gotten to get rid of and man. gotten Ceedee Lamb. I could have been like, all right, Dallas. Look, look yeah. you want to look here. You go. Give me, give me, give me your one, and give me. Uh, uh, uh give me Demarcus Lawrence or somebody like that. Or Gallman, Somebody like that to help me on both sides of the ball. And then I can go up. I got the I got your pick. Yeah. CD Lamb falls. I get CD Lamb to be with Deshaun Watson. Or right. I get a that's, Jerry. That's or know. I get a Henry Ruggs. And it's like, okay, so that mitigates it. I got the running back that I need. Yeah. I then get a younger wide receiver that I don't really have to pay for mm-hmm. another four years. So that clears up a little bit more of that space and that kind of mitigates the Hopkins trade. So right. No, totally. The the two positions
2: that were so deep in the draft this year were wide receiver and running back. And, you know, they didn't address either of those in any meaningful way in the draft, (laughs) you know, and now you're going to make a post-draft trade. That's going to, you know, try and fill those holes in the most desperate half-assed way. Yeah. It just makes no sense.
1: That was bad. So, my GM, I have, of course, I'm going to stay with the GM in Atlanta because he hasn't fired Dan Quinn yet. And that'll be until they fire Dan Quinn. Then I'll change I'll, – I'll do another one. <laughs> but I have a new one. And it is one John Albert Elway Jr. He has to, <laughs> He has to be in my league because – after the and it's and it's these GMs that go to the Super Bowl, they either win or lose. This is another GM who sat back and just let his team get old. These 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 GMs say we can ride with this team until the wheels fall off. Okay, after Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning had three wheels already off. The car. He was only riding on one wheel. And after Brock failed, you then get your next three picks in quarterback have been the worst. And Drew Locke, well, we don't know what Drew Locke is going to be because he's hurt again. So, okay.
2: Well, even in the best case scenario of Drew Locke, is there any difference between Drew Locke, Rippon, uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name now. No. You know, is that interesting, all three of them that you're seeing out there? And, because and it, it, all three quarterbacks look equally as good and bad at different times. Doesn't that just say that you, you don't
1: have a franchise quarterback? You, They don't have a franchise quarterback right now. And what he he surrounded him with a whole lot of talent. I will give him that he surrounded him with a whole lot of wide receiver talent. I do. But when you look on the opposite side of the ball, it's like, come on bro what are you really doing okay you're and as a quarterback as a quarterback you should be able to pick out your franchise quarterback but he has this some people say that he has this thing where he is the face of the Denver Broncos ever since he won those back-to-back titles and he doesn't want to get a quarterback in that will surpass his status as the greatest Denver quarterback of all time. So he gets these mediocre quarterbacks so that they can just get by. Because if I have a great defense and I have these great receivers around him, I can get a mediocre quarterback and I get the best of both worlds. I can still win and I can still be looked at as the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's failing because they should be with all that I guess with all the, the the he's had pockets of talent, so he's had a good defensive line, but sorry, linebackers, and a decent secondary. He he's had now the, the secondary is deteriorating because Chris Harris jr. I think is he, I think he's gone now. there's that, that backfield is gone. He hasn't gotten anybody in replace of those guys. Akeem Talib is retired. The linebackers, who knows what they're doing? They're not really doing too much of anything. And the front four, when Vaughn Miller went out, that was it.
2: That yeah, I think it. on that defense, you see that Vaughn Miller was not only as a talent on the field, which he is a fantastic pass rushing specialist, um, but beyond that, I think you really see in, in almost a, a, a Ray Lewis kind of a way, he is the heart you know, of that defense. And he is you know, the driving force, even, even if at an accelerated age, he's not the player he once was on the field. I think he still was, you know, the engine that made that defense go. And the fact that he's not there, they just look,
1: you know, adrift
2: without, you know, a rudder.
1: I just feel like he could have done so much better with the talent that he had after that Super Bowl run. And he did very little. And he had one of the great defensive minds there, ran him out. Gary Kubiak left. Um that was a great coaching staff that he had by the way. Um, that was a dominating coaching staff. And when you look back, you go, okay, so from that Super Bowl, what do you have now? Not too much of anything. And really Vaughn Miller is considered old. So what are you going to do to rep- okay so they replaced him they're, they're, they have uh, Bradley Chubb and Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller were supposed to wreak havoc and that's what they were supposed to do. Unfortunately, you know Vaughn Miller got hurt. And Bradley Chubb is there, but there's there's the pieces don't fit when you don't have that quarterback that can that can that can win you football games, and that he is the most important person on the team. And I was close, I was close to saying someone else, um, and it's probably a tie between him and one um, Jerry Jones, <laughs> but I'm gonna use I'm gonna use John Elway right now. Uh, Jerry Jones. Yeah, buddy. You're close though. He's <clears throat> well, I'm starting to rub the sticks together. He might be on my, he might be on my list next week. You never know. Tune in next week. He might be on my list. Coaches. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. You know what, Matt, can we say it for him, Ben? Can oh, we just, no, no, actually, just, uh, can we, can we bring it around. I'm, I'm not going to go where you think I'm going to go. If, no, it's, all right, if it's
0: coaches, I'm, 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 it's coaches, I'm definitely going to go Dan Quinn. Um, he would be my number one right now. Uh, there's just really no excuse. I mean, it reminds me of what Ben McAdoo was doing, I guess his first year over there, his second year with the Giants. You're seeing these incredibly high-scoring games where they just wouldn't close them out within the, the – I think uh, – the, the, I don't remember how many seasons ago this was. I want to say this around 2016. It was early McAdoo. Um, but the Giants were losing uh, – their games within the last yes, 75 seconds yes, and that's yes, what it was i think the first yes. five games they lost within the last 75 yeah. seconds of the game yeah. so that's what we've got going on here with with yeah. dan quinn maybe not in that specific uh you know time frame but you have a you have a very high powered offense calvin ridley uh, russell gage uh, the the you know it, it, it unimitable julio, julio jones oh. right oh. right i mean uh they had austin hooper they let him go they've got this new kid hayden uh hayden hurst they are um Their stack Matt Ryan has continued to prove that he is a a a stud quarterback. They've got all the everything they need there. They just can't hold on to the win, and that comes down to coaching. It does whether it's the the defensive coordinator, whether it's the you know like whether it's the way that they continue to run the offense later in the game. Wherever you want to put the um, or hang the the blame, that's fine. But at at the end of the day, it is within that coaching staff, and it's his head that rolls. He's the head of that staff. Um, He's got to make those adjustments or make sure that his coaches are making those adjustments so they can close these games out. And so far, week after week, I've seen them lose very winnable games. So I think Dan Quinn would be uh, number one. And um, God, I'm trying to think. uh, Who would I put up as the number two?
2: Just a quick point on on the, the Dan Quinn thing that you were mentioning there. I didn't even realize that there was a great stat in last night's game. Going into last night's game, Calvin Ridley was leading the NFL in yards wow. as wide receiver, so that, yeah, that which like, like is, is amazing. Yeah, that's it's, right. it like, it I amazing. I mean, I know a lot of it's coming garbage time, you know, you can say for them and whatnot. But, I mean, the fact that, truthfully, he's your number two receiver because, you know, Julio still is the number one. The, well, the fact that to, they yeah. have that kind of – the, the fact that they have that kind of talent there and and this is the the result of it. All it makes me think of is something that we talked about you know off show that we talked about if you took going back, if you took Kyle Shanahan and said not, nah, we're gonna keep you here and we're gonna ship out and and we're gonna you know go ahead and make him the new head coach. Can you imagine what Kyle Shanahan would be doing with that offense right now? Oh, I'm sure.
1: Oh, my God. Bro. Sorry, oh not to derail your second God. coach. No, no, but no you're, just, fine, just you're fine. I was going to say,
0: my second coach would have to be just Adam Gase. Um, and I know it's obvious, and we've hey. covered it before in shows, but it's just this is just the guy, I, I mean, week in and week out, you watch him bumble through everything from the press conference to the game. He doesn't really have, it seems to me, he doesn't really have a good grasp of how to manage the moving parts within an organization. He doesn't seem to be one of those guys who's as hands-on as he needs to be. He hems and haws his way through a lot of uh, press conferences and explanations for why he's doing whatever. And to me, it, it's it, – almost none of it makes sense. You know, like, when you have a guy like Le'Veon Bell, but you've got excuses as to why you're not using him, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not your money, right? You know, like, you're not worried about, like, keeping the guy healthy. Like, at the end of the – I mean, you are to an extent, but – it's it's no sweat off your balls, you know. Like you're you're not you're not paying his check. You're not paying his disability. Run the guy, you know. Like you're 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 going out there and you're allowing your ego to dictate how you're coaching teams because you think you know better and you are not able to prove that in Miami and now you're not going to be able to prove it in New York. And he's going to end up being like a, a linebackers coach before he gets another coordinator job if he doesn't, you know, shape up. Because especially
2: especially in a large I think he's living off here. Peyton Manning's, you know, I think he's living off Peyton Manning telling people he's a good coach. Bro,
0: Peyton Manning retired how many years ago? So I think that only goes so far. Right. I mean, yeah, I agree. So and, and the, the NFL is very much a what have you done for me lately league. Right. Like you think about it like three years ago, a lot of these teams, the Raiders, like a lot of these teams that are looking tough right now, the Bills, they were nobodies. But right now the Bills look like an elite offense. Right now, the Raiders look like they've got everything together. Like they're just, a, they're, like they're literally just finding their stride. You know, it's a what have you done for me lately league. And I think that sort of endorsement only goes so far, especially when you're under the, the glaring spotlight that a big market like New York provides.
1: Agreed. All right. So I'm going to do, I guess I'm going to do mine. Uh, Jesus Christ. I don't think he coaches. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to use – I'm not going to even do a head coach. I'm going to do a position coach because this position coach unfortunately needs to go. Both
2: Belichick sons, go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought you were going to just triple up on Bill O'Brien because he was also the offensive
1: coordinator last week. Go on. I'm going with Mike Nolan. Really. He's got to go. He is so hot right now that it is bad that he's bad. And he hasn't there's nothing out there that Mike Nolan and Jim Tom Sula have to hang their hat on since I just can't remember when. Um, as a defensive coordinator, he was okay uh, before he became <laughs> head coach. He was a horrible head and coach. And now at this point, he's horrible. He was yeah, horrible he was as a head, coach. head coach. But at this point right now, I understand that, you know, this is Mike Holm- uh, uh Mike McCarthy's, That's this is his homie. And he has vouched for Mike Nolan. And I really thought that it was going to be the Mike Nolan of old. Unfortunately for him, he is horrible to the point where if the, off, the offense cannot make a mistake for the Cowboys to win. And, and I was close to saying Mike Holmgren because this is on his watch, but he's brand new. But this is nothing new to Mike Nolan. Mike Nolan has been bad for plenty of teams. As a defensive coordinator and as a coach, Wait, you were thinking Mike, McCar- and- Wait, Mike McCarthy or Mike Holmgren. Sorry, McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah, keep saying Holmgren. I keep saying Holmgren, so but it's McCarthy. Yeah, me
0: confused for a second. I was like, we are going all over the place.
1: So, so yes, Nolan. I don't think he should last the season. Jerry's not going to fire him, but he's in the he's he his his seat is hot. Well, you're not wrong, and I think
0: I think the you know going back to the whole Dallas thing is there's just all there's too much money on that side of the field for them to be playing the way that they are. There's just too much money. I mean, guys like Lawrence and uh, you know what did they lose? They lost Van Der Esch. Um, there's some some key situations there where whether it be injury or overinflated checks that are that are uh, not boding well for the level of, of play that they're putting out there. And now, now though, I think the worst thing now is now remember. Okay, go ahead.
1: Go, I was going to say, I really
0: think the worst thing is, is that you, on the other side of the ball, Dak is playing on his head. He's he's that that passing offense is one of the most uh, you know threatening in the league. Like they really they really are playing well offensively. It's defense that is holding Dallas back.
1: Here's a stat that I found um, that that they, that they've said that through the first three quarters, the Dallas offense averages around the same amount of yards, about 130 yards per quarter between the first and third quarter. In the fourth quarter, it jumps almost a hundred more yards because they have to play from behind so often. Every game they've played from behind. So their thing is, well, if you play from behind, you can't play from behind and lose. You're just losing. You just lost the game. You're not playing from behind. You just lost. Playing from behind and winning—that's what means that you're playing from behind. So when the when the offense fumbles and the defense can't recover from that, and some of it, you know, some of that those defensive issues are from injuries, and the offense just—I mean, there was that one game where they just did—they had three or four turnovers in a row. The defense can't recover from that. But these other games where you're the the falcons game the um from the fa- from actually from the falcons game all the way up to this game here there has not been a point where they have <laughs> led a significant amount of the game and you just go okay and it just gets worse and worse seattle hangs 38 on them and the reason why i put them in i put nolan in the lake of fire is because when is the last time you have seen a Cleveland Browns team hang almost 50 on you?
2: Yeah, I mean, they, he he made that With... team look like the Cleveland Browns team that we were advertised last year. Right. With
1: Nick Chubb gone. Well, I the think the third string running back came in and ran all through that defense, I was saying, I everything think Green, Griffin Green looks. Hunt is
0: a better running back than Nick Chubb, but I mean, we don't have to debate. I
2: him. do too, and 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 I'm not even saying that to take away from Nick Chubb because no, I think he is a either. fantastic just, running I back. I do. I just, think, everyone... I think you're right. I think Hunt is better.
0: Yeah, I think people like to pretend but that he's because you... he, he beat that woman. Uh, he kicked her in that uh, in that video, and that's fine. Like you can hate him as a person, but his talent didn't diminish, diminish just because he's an asshole. He's probably always oh yeah, been an asshole. without question, take it from somebody who's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what in the world is that, bro? <laughs> oh,
2: fistful of nickels. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I, my thing is that you you let that third-string running back run all up and down your behind the whole game. And you look at it and you just go, how did you hang 49? 49? And the offense really – the offense really didn't do a whole lot because there were two quarters where they scored absolutely nothing, okay? So through three quarters, they only had 14 points. In the fourth quarter, they put up 24, but that was after the game is over. So is the offense that dynamic? Well, if you're playing from behind in this soft coverage, well, I mean, numbers numbers fool you. That, that, that Those numbers are, I mean, come on. And Baker Mayfield, he didn't throw over 200 yards. He only threw for 165 yards. Now they ran for 309. And get this, the Cowboys have the record of the most run yards against them. So the record was 307 by the Cowboys. They ran for 309 on Sunday. And it's like, God, 300, 309 yards they ran on them. Yeah. That's it's... that is that's putrid. That's where Mike Nolan, that's where you go, Mike Nolan, come on, dude. You know they're going to run the football. Nope. So, couldn't, couldn't
2: agree more. Definitely. You got to burn.
1: Come on. So you got to burn. Um, the second one, uh, I grouped them. I, I'm going to group these all into one. I'm going to wrap these all into one. So it's going to be Adam Gaze. And it's going to be, and I'm going, and I'm going to do this for you, hmm. Matt, because you didn't want to do it. So I'm going to do it, and I'm going to put old. Doug it's not here. that I didn't want to
0: do it. Just to be clear, I just thought that there were better candidates at
1: the moment. It's oh, there are, and Dan Quinn. All three of those guys need to be. They need to be in the lake of fire.
2: They're, they're collectively one, sharing a life raft.
1: They're, they are and, and it is and it is and it's a wooden raft and it's on fire and it is burning really quickly.
2: It is a Viking funeral raft.
1: Number one, Dan Quinn. Like I get the I, I don't even know what to say to Dan. I really don't. <laughs> Other than you suck. There's nothing else for me to say. And and I put I put the GM in the lake of fire, um, uh, and it's, I, I thought that the GM was going to be in the lake of fire but the only reason why I put him I would put him in the lake of fire is because he hasn't fired Dan Quinn his draft picks are on the money he drafts very well he knows what he's doing in the draft he just keeps a putrid coach so Dan Quinn you got to go bro uh, It's you suck and if you if you ever listen to this podcast You know that I'm coming for me. You suck. Number two, Adam Gaze. You also, you, Adam Gaze is, I I don't have any words to say for Adam Gaze except I have no words to say for him. He is definitely the worst coach in the National Football League, bar none, far and wide. And I haven't seen a coach this bad since, oh, what's that guy? I can't remember his. Rich Cotite. Okay. He hasn't been that bad since Rich Cotite. Where Rich Cotite just didn't have a clue as to what he was, whether he was coming, going, leaving, or staying. He didn't have a clue. And uh, Dougie P. Dougie P. Because right now, you know, he he's he's complacent. He's smelling himself. Um, he hasn't. He's. The team has deteriorated year after year after year. Their record gets worse and worse. I get it that you don't have and they make the playoffs because the NFC East is so putrid. But I mean, look at it. When the when 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 the when the Cowboys just couldn't get over the they just couldn't get over the hump. The Eagles couldn't get over the hump either. They just couldn't dominate their player for player Across the board, the Eagles had the best since their Super Bowl run. They have consistently had better talent in their division. You had Dak, you had Ezekiel Elliott, and you had a couple sprinkles here and there on the Cowboys of talent. But across the board, for their three- or four-year run, they did have good talent. It's just that their talent became old, and they never had any replacement talent for the talent to getting old. And this is why – Howie has done not ha, hasn't done a good job of replacing that talent. But when you look at Doug, Doug doesn't even trust himself on fourth down anymore. He doesn't even trust himself. Like when you tie the Bengals, you tie the Bengals.
2: Hmm. That's
1: enough said. You should have been fired after that. I if I if I was if I was Howie, I'd have been like, what what is that? I Agree. You tie the Bengals, bro. Okay, you got to go. I'm sorry, you don't even ride yep. the bus back with us. Yeah, gotta you, burn. You can catch it, You can catch an Uber back home. You can catch an Uber. So, Enough said. You gotta burn. You gotta burn. So week number five comes up, and we have to go through these games. Uh we're gonna go with Giants and uh, who the Giants play next week. The Giants.
2: Yeah, oh, let me at get Dallas.
1: out of my. Oh, they gotta! Play. Oh snap! Okay, so let me explain something to you right now, Matt. If the Giants they can't. can't hang.
0: 35
1: points on the Cowboys. They can't.
0: If the Giants, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what.
2: If the
0: Giants put up more than more than 20 points, I I might have a stroke. There's just no way. There's no way. Darius Darius Slayton is the is the best receiver they have on the team right now, um, who's healthy. I would argue Sterling Shepard Listen. might be a little bit better, um, more refined of a player, but with Slayton. There's you're they'll hang you're thirty on them. You'll hang out thirty out of your right. mind. They may
1: lose. You're out of your mind. But you're they'll crazy. hang thirty they, on them.
0: They're they're gonna pick Daniel Jones apart. And I and I don't even mean like you know, um like pass rush. I mean there's literally he stares the receivers down. I mean he's still making horrible and yes, he's gonna but- like a, he's good for two turnovers, man. Like all they really have to do is run run Ezekiel Elliott. Like they – I get it. I get it. But, man, I mean, I'm not the saying Cowboys. the Giants won't score. I'm just saying they won't score a lot. 30 points is a, is a pipe dream. If they score 30 points over the next two games, I'll so be you're the... ah. So you're taking the Cowboys yeah, over I mean, the Giants. Is the, that what you're telling me? Yeah. You put me in a, in a bad spot. I don't want to say that. But, but, yes, if I had to put money on it and there was a gun to my head and they were like, if you lose this bet, you're dead. Yeah, I'm putting everything on, on Dallas next week. Well, what's, well, what is the spread anyway? <laughs> Let's talk that real quick. What's the spread before I go ahead and commit my life to this? this? I need to know what the spread is <laughs>
1: <laughs> because you know if you're talking about an
0: eleven-point spread, I might. Yeah,
1: keep talking, and I'm going to get this right. If you're talking an eleven-point spread, for I might be able
0: to swing back and say like I think the Giants can like cover the spread. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But just, but it, just straight yeah, up, you know, win or loss. Win or loss I, I, think, I really saying, do think Dallas know, is going to walk down. out with yeah. the win. And not for nothing, they should. They are the better team on paper. They're, again, their offense looks a lot better. Dak Prescott looks like a much more refined quarterback than anyone ever thought he was going to be. Um, so I just – the Giants are bad on both sides of the ball, and I think that's what people forget. It's it's not – go ahead. Dallas, Not um, uh, yeah, they're minus that, nine and 9. That's a significant
1: a spread. So you, you – um, I mean, I think the over oh, under the over under is fifty four and and here, look, just for you guys that have no idea or no clue what we're talking about. We yeah, are going to give we'll have a, uh... Uh, a lesson on spreads and odds and pickums and over unders and we're going to do yeah, fantasy as well. So stay the, tuned. Generates um, for the next show. We are definitely going to go over that so that you know you guys are in the loop. But you know Dallas is Dallas is they're they're at a they're at a minus nine and a half. No, you going to take gonna that because. That? That, that that's one of those
0: bets where like, and I will explain. You know, like, I mean, you guys can probably understand. I can't put my money on the Giants because that's just dead money. I'm giving it away, and then I can't bet on Dallas to win because then if Dallas wins, I get money, but it's an empty, hollow feeling. So I just I can't have anything to do with it. Yeah, there there are there oh is some God. honor to the way that you bet. <laughs> I mean, I'll bet just about anybody else or anything else, or I'll even during that game. I'll do like prop bets. That's not a big deal. Like who do I think is going to catch the first touchdown of the second
1: half? You know, I'll throw a couple. Well, 54, if the, if the if the, if the Giants defense is as putrid as you say, 54 is low.
0: Oh, well, the only reason I think it's going to be low is because I think it's going to be a comedy of errors. And I don't think that um, they're going to have, uh, they're going to have Dak throwing the ball that much. They're not going to need to like the run game. The, you think it's gonna I mean, be a short really game is mean, running the ball with Zeke. You don't have don't, by, don't yeah. you know like reinvent the wheel. Don't oversimplify it. Like the Giants are giving up a lot on the ground. I mean, they're giving a lot up a lot on the air, so it's it's really dealers'
1: choice. But I don't see any reason why you would you know you'd give them listen, this is Mike McCarthy. We're talking about if this was Jason Garrett, I would say, Oh, they're running Zeke fifty times. But this is Mike McCarthy, and the second that he sees that a defense is putrid in the secondary. His eyes light up and Dak may throw. Hey, listen, if he times. does, that's
0: fine. I mean, I just, again, it's just not something I would touch. I mean, even the over under I'm saying, I think it's going to be under because I just think it's, I don't think either team is really playing up to snuff. I don't think either of them are going to be, um, I don't think they're going to look very good out there. I, get that but, I mean, in, in all honesty, I really wouldn't touch anything having to do with the line or the over under. It's just a, it's an ugly game by two ugly teams. Um, I mean, we can next week when we talk about it, we can we can go th- we can rush through the lines real quick and talk about what's out there and what's a smart bet versus what isn't and why. I mean, we can definitely do sure. that. I don't mind getting into it, but I would, but yeah, Tune I would you tell, you right, now, I, I have to tell you right in now. Tune in that next that's week. Not a, that's not a, a game I would touch. <laughs> those those are also trap games, you know, like where you have a divisional rival and there's like a nine, ten point spread. It's just a trap. Yeah. Right, because yeah, those, those track, are those any, anybody games, game. right? Like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either if the Giants eked out a yeah. win by three. But that would destroy anything to do with a nine. You know, like, unless you took the Giants, which right, is a huge risk right. of a nine-point spread. Because that means that really the, the you know, the, the, the Sharks, or the Sharps, rather, they, uh, they think the Giants could lose by 15. You know, like, that's...
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get you. All right, so we got Miami... At going San Francisco,
2: yeah, going at San Francisco. Um, you know, I, I think San Francisco gets Jimmy G back, and I think with that being the case, I think you'll see that team get a lot more right. Uh, but you know, if they play the way they played against a much better team in, in Seattle, uh, if they can, you know, put together that same type uh, of a game, they, they've got a puncher's chance. Um,
1: and they
2: lost but, another. They lost another DN too. Uh, the 49ers, Anza. yeah, they lost Ansa, who they brought in to replace Bosa, and you know all that. Yeah, um, they lost so yeah, him for
1: the year, for the year, for the yep, year.
2: Yeah, I saw that. He's, you know, so I mean, they, they're they're finding a way mm. to you know plug and fill, and and they're they're coached well enough that they're being respectable um, on defense, um, in spite of those injuries, uh, and they're finding a way to still get production out of the offense until basically the wheels completely came off the wagon last week. Um, where, you know, you just saw, you know, Mullins implode and they put Beathard in and you know, that whole thing. So listen, if it's if it's Mullins, if if Jimmy G is not ready to go, uh, which I believe at the last notification, he still wasn't 100% cleared to go. He's just expected right. to play. Um, yeah. So if it's Mullins slash Beathard, whatever version of that, I, I'll, I'll give the Dolphins a decent shot. If it's Jimmy G, and in spite of the fact that I don't think Jimmy G is any kind of world beater, I just think that offense knows what it's doing and, and knows how to run itself you know, through Jimmy G um, and, and our defense while played better against a, a superior Seattle team um, still was not, you know, up to snuff at all. We, we, we are giving up way too much on the ground uh, and we are, um, you know, missing the secondary. Uh, now Byron Jones is expected to come back this week, supposedly. So I think that'll make a huge difference because when you have two lockdown corners on the edge, and, you know, then you've got a decent rookie that's, that's been, you know, yeah, he's been exposed a couple times by number one wide receivers in the first few weeks, he's going to then be called on to be the slot guy instead, which is what his natural position is. Um, I, I give that secondary a lot more of a chance at being able to, you know, put together um, a realistic game plan <clears> and, and a realistic way to shut down that offense in a banged up way. But, you know, that offense still had some really bright spots last week, getting back Debo Samuel and Ayuk and, and Kittle and, you know, that's that's a dangerous group. Um, so, you know, I, I if I had to pick it, same kind of, you know, scenario as, as Matt said, gun to my head kind of thing, I, I'd have to pick San Francisco. Um, but I think Miami's got a shot. Just depends on what ends up being the, the injury report at the end of the week.
1: All right. And I have probably one of the harder games. <sighs> It's, I mean, hard uh, New because... England, New England, and Denver. So, I guess it depends on who's playing quarterback, right? For for both teams, <laughs> if if Cam plays, I'll go with New England. If anybody else plays outside of Cam, God, man, I'm I'm still going to go New England only because of the fact that New England's defense can hold it down and they do have a running game enough to where you really don't have to. You're not, you're not really um, like, I'll put it like this. And against Kansas city, you have to pass the ball because they can put points on the board so fast. So you have to pass with Denver. You're, you're not as you're not as susceptible for them to just go. Okay, it's 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 six to three, and then you blink real good, and now it's twenty four to three. It that's I don't I don't see that happening. So I feel like I'm gonna take New England. It'll be a lot closer without Cam on the field, but I still take New England either way. I think they'll go to I, I think they'll go to what would it be three and two. Um, and they'll still be because Buffalo plays; they're at Tennessee, so that's going to be a tough ride. I still think Buffalo pulls that out, but they will be two games behind Buffalo, still. So I think New England, yeah.
2: And I'm well, my question about the th- Tennessee game too is what 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 does Tennessee do? They get to play, uh, you know, all their guys, or are are some of those guys going to have to be on the two week COVID list, or? You know what's what's the story See, there? That's the
1: other. That's the other part. I think Buffalo kind of they got Tennessee at a great time because I mean they got so many players on the COVID list that they could just. I mean, look, I I, I think we talked about Josh Allen and I said that he's going to be much better uh, with Stephon Diggs out there, and he's proving it. He's proving me to be right. Um, He's slinging the ball all over the place and that one player has taken Buffalo's offense and putting it from just okay to their dynamic. And, but see, I think that they may have enough players on defense to where um, Mike Vrabel can, you know, he's, he's a very good defensive, defensive minded coach and I think that he will have a game plan to stop all of that. To where he takes because he can take away your best player too. And he does a great job of doing that. I think they take away Stefan Diggs, but They may have they may not have enough firepower to beat Buffalo. And we'll just be two games back. We'll just continue to be two games back and we'll have to fight. Um Yeah, man. That's what I think. So <clears throat> I mean, outside of those games, um, I don't see too much. I don't see too much of. I mean, th- I want to see Baltimore and Cincinnati. I really do. Um, even I, though Baltimore Ravens is, all day, I know it's Ravens all day. I know it is. I just want to see Joe Burrow against a very elite defense.
2: Um, oh, yeah, it, it'll be a good game as a as a measuring stick for the kid. But but yeah, I just don't give them a a chance. And
1: what I want now, he's been very. He's been surgeon like he's been surgical and very efficient throwing the football as well as throwing um, a high number of yards and what I want to see is how good is he against pressure where you know they're going he's going to get pressure all day every day. Wink Martindale is going to pressure this man all day every day all day long on Sunday so he's going to be in for a long day. But how does he how does he you know recover from that sack? Now, he had pressure in his face against the Eagles. He had eight sacks and he threw for 312 yards. And he was efficient. So how does he, you know, how does he handle all of that? Those questions, you know, we'll be we'll come back to next week. We'll answer some of those questions. We'll we'll revisit, you know, some of the picks that we made. Uh, Does Atlanta beat Carolina? Uh, No. Indianapolis and Cleveland, how do they roll? Um, Maybe Cleveland. They
0: won't. Indianapolis is the highest rated defense in the league.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Indy's defense is, is too good. But I will be curious to see if Cleveland can continue any momentum and make that game a game. Uh, or if they just revert back to who they were, and it's just Dallas's terrible defense that made them look as good as they were.
1: And how does how does Houston play against Jacksonville? I mean, you get you have a gift. You have been given. You have been provided a gift, Houston. Your first game out of the gate with your new coaches against putrid Jacksonville. If you can't win, man, you may as well just tuck it, just tuck it, just put it in the bed, tuck it in real tight, and say good night. Because they're 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 just they're they're done they're done. So that's we'll that's going to be one of the most interesting
2: games of terrible football I think that yes. you'll you'll see all year.
1: Well, we did have we already had a terrible football game when it was the Jets in Jacksonville. Did, did we not? Yeah. Um, and 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 two weeks is it two weeks in a row? Three weeks in a row? Where they're just they're, Jacksonville is just playing putrid games against a putrid team. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, And that is it for for our show.
2: I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Pigskin Pandemic Podcast. We are available now on Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you usually find your favorite podcasts. Please tell your friends. Leave us any comments you have about the show, and a five-star rating would be great. Keep an eye out for our Facebook page, which will be coming soon. I want to thank you all for listening, and remember, stay safe out there and vote.
0: Okay, everyone, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening in. Don't forget to join us next week as we hear more of the guys' opinions as they talk about the news on the NFL. Goodbye.